This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. We are so excited to share something new we've been working on. We have now launched the Enneagram 8 community. This is a community where Enneagram 8s can come together to feel seen and heard for the heart of who they are, a place where you can just be you. If you're interested in joining us here, go to the Enneagram8community.com to sign up. Lauren is a different tri-type than the first two eights that we've interviewed, and you're going to see again that all you have to do is swap out a five for a six, and you have a whole different flavor of eight. She's tri-type eight to six. She feels like her two and her six hold her eight hostage a lot of the time. And we laughed about that because my four and my seven completely sets my eight free, wild and free. And so the comparison was pretty stark. Lauren does a really good job putting into words just what it means to have two blended in with eight, but also just the extra level of physical reactivity that comes in when you add the six. Since recording this episode, Lauren actually moved on from the job she was in to build her own clinical practice that she says she's running the way it ought to be run, which is so very eight. My name is Lauren and um, I am a therapist and I work in a residential mental health program. And I found out about the Enneagram from one of my coworkers who was into it. I wasn't super into it. And the test said that I was a two. And I was like, no, that's not. (laughs) That doesn't feel right to me. But then I read more and they were like, maybe you're a three. And I was like, that doesn't feel right either. One of them was like, we're pretty sure we know what you are. And I was like, well, just tell me. I don't like this dance around (laughs) you have to figure it out yourself type of thing and they're like you're you feel like an eight and I was like okay and I read it and I was just like no ew (laughs) (laughs) I had such a reaction to it I just had a hard time relating to some of the like way more negative parts of it but now that I know it a lot more I can I can certainly see some of that and especially knowing my tri-type I feel like so much more convinced of my eightness. I think a lot of people with strong two in their tri-type have the hardest time relating to eight. Well you're much softer than a lot of us. (laughs) Definitely yeah and I have um, my dominant instinct is social so all of that plays together to make a pretty chill I don't know helper e8 <laughs> yeah well you're aware of the needs of those around you a lot right yeah I so- get that part <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Fabra she said that if you are a 862 or an 826 that you're caring supportive and protective you want to be helpful engaging and straightforward by nature you want to be in charge of your world and you're attracted to the noble cause. You wish to shield others from harm and you'll challenge what is unjust. You want to know what the rules are in order to feel safe and to know when you can break them. Does that sound right? Yeah, it's like 100% (laughs) right. (laughs) Knowing the rules part really stands out to me because that's kind of the part that was really hard for me to connect with around AIDS is they talk about eights just not caring about rules whatsoever. And I definitely care about the rules. Um, I'm much less open to breaking them unless it is to like, you know, achieve something or to shift things or help people or whatever. Then I'm 
I'm into, but it's not even breaking the rules. I'm into shifting them or like bypassing them or figuring out some sneaky way to get around rules. I was going to say with you being a therapist, I would imagine you have to be pretty uh, calculated in how to do that because I bet you run up against that a lot. Yes, totally. All right. And what you can and cannot do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I see like how the rules are actually helpful. Like they're there for reasons. It's kind of like boundaries. You have boundaries for a reason. A lot of your tri-type, a lot of the eights on here are nurses. Yeah. (laughs) But every time I think about that um, particular job, I just know I'm so poorly suited to it. I'm probably the more rebellious of the tri-types. So I I think a lot of people would become less healthy in the hospital with me as their nurse than... So grateful for you. Grateful that there are people like you. I just would last. I would probably do something I wasn't allowed to do for the benefit of the patient and get fired real fast. Yeah, you have to be really creative to come up with how to get around rules, but still follow them. (laughs) Yeah. And what do you think about the nickname, the rescuer? Do you you think that's a good fit? Um, I do and I don't. I have a hard time with it because I don't rescue like I come alongside someone so I have a hard time thinking like I'm coming in like some shining night and rescuing someone it's more like I come down to wherever they are and I'm like hey this sucks like let's figure out a way to to get out of this situation empower them totally yeah it's like doing two in an eight way I'm all about empowering someone, helping them uncover their own volition versus, you know, let me help you. Let me help you. Um, Have you thought a little bit more uh, teasing it all out, how you use your thinking center like a six versus your heart heart center like a two? Yeah, the six I've thought less about, which is funny because it's in the thinking center, Um, but it's shown up really strongly in like certain parts of my life. Like when I was younger, I was just stuck in like thinking, overthinking everything and not trusting my gut. Yeah, I would just go over things over and over and over. It was almost like I was stuck in like five wing six because, you know, we go to the five when we're not doing so great. And so it was kind of like I was stuck there and I would, you know, just run things over in my mind and ask other people what they thought. And it's definitely like a six anxiety thing. But then one day I just was like, I'm tired of doing that. I want to trust my own self. And I just kind of stopped. It was very weird (laughs) looking back. So yeah, it's harder to see how it shows up now. I think it shows up more when I'm like looking back at something I've done. I'll be like, oh, did I do that right? How is that going to affect people? I do all this thinking after the after the fact. And one of the ways I describe six thinking um, that might actually resonate is that it's a lot of it has to do with how you vet the sources you get your information from. So do you find that you have trusted networks of information that you will go to, to be able to come up with whatever plan you're going to follow through on? And it just takes a fair bit of vetting for you to trust that source. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, I would say that's true. So here's where the eight comes in. Like, I'm usually pretty sure what the right thing to do is. (laughs) But I then go and like check it out with someone who I trust or like a source. So it's really just like confirming what I already know. And do you have like a bit of a library of those safe 
sources filed away. So you kind of go back to the same pre-vetted sources. Yeah. And I usually know who to go to in whatever situation. Like I wouldn't just go to everybody. So how about your heart like a two? Yeah, that's just in everything I do, really. (laughs) I'm just like, I, I have a hard time even like fully understanding it because it's just so there and I have a hard time thinking about how it's like not three and not four because I'm just like well it's just not (laughs) so I'm sorry I can't get super specific. (laughs) Eight with a two is loving and protective it brings in a vulnerability to the eight even if it's not acknowledged openly instead they will take someone under their wing in order to help them out in a manner that they wish they had received help their focus can be on acquiring power in order to attract love there is a bit of a romantic bent to this eight and words associated to this eight might be control intrusive taking charge of others well-being big mama bear energy could be overbearing and rejects their own vulnerable needs yeah <laughs> those are great words <laughs> yeah i mean they're not great words i'm like cringing but also it's just totally me yeah i mean i'm i'm in a director position so i supervise other people and i'm all about giving them the lowdown when they first come on board like here's all the stuff you need to know here's what i wish i had known when i started it's totally that mother bear protecting and you know taking care of them like how i wanted to have been taken care of yeah it's painfully obvious how it's just like that (laughs) the four in my case i don't take it to others it's all about my inner life it's about me i'm like very in tune with what i need or what i know I need to do. I'm not at all intuitive about taking that and applying it to others' lives. So yeah, I'm aware of others' needs and I I do want to help them too. You know, the way I see it with with two is like, I, I can't even really think about what my own needs are. Like they don't come to me at all. Even some of the questions that you all have posed, I'm like, I don't even know. I can't even come (laughs) up with what I would say, because it's so far away from my awareness. But you are super aware of the needs of those around you. Yeah, very aware. And I'm aware of what my needs were through them. Right. Your needs are wrapped up in their needs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very helpful, actually. It's a really helpful language around too, I think. I'll just read the eight with the six, even though I think it's pretty obvious that your two is your more dominant. Yeah, I think so. I was originally thinking six, but two is sounding more. Eight with a six uh, is permeated with a sense of belonging. They use their power to make sure that they don't display vulnerability. They're highly intelligent, skeptical eights. They can be a whistleblower in a company because of the inherent mistrust of systems. They're family and community oriented. They can be paranoid about being controlled or manipulated by people. And words that are associated with an eight with a six is reactive, counterphobic, pushing, fighting for truth, honor, skeptical, accusing, outspoken. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot of them resonate. I don't think I'm as paranoid and intense as they make it sound. I actually was a whistleblower. (laughs) That completely hit. Yeah, I was given severance and everything. I mean, like the whole, the whole nine yards and we just, it just didn't go legal. Um, Like we didn't go that route, but I was 
yeah, I was asked to leave and given severance. So that definitely hits. Do you remember kind of mentally and emotionally what was happening in the buildup oh. to that? Like what was happening inside you where you just knew, I'm sorry, there's like no other option. I have to do this. Yeah, it was horrible. It was a horrible experience for me. I would not do it again. Would not recommend. But it kind of fell into my lap. I was talking about stuff and supervision with other people. And I was actually leaving the company already. I had another job lined up. And we were talking about just kind of how bad the company was. And and there was like a, a narc in our supervision group and told the higher ups what we were saying. And I just kind of got pushed into this like, well, I don't have anything to lose. I have something else lined up. I'll be fine. And um, I'll just go ahead and, you know, talk to the the head honcho of the company and tell them all the illegal things that they're doing. And so, yeah, it was not fun. I felt awful. You know, there's kind of like this fear. I have a fear of authority because I can see that they could just make a decision that would ruin my life. And I don't want someone to have that control over me. So it's totally like an eight lens of the sixes authority skepticism that I have. Brings those two together. Oh man, I was so bent out of shape, anxious and sick. And um, it was it was a really difficult time. But I did it. I mean, I don't think anyone else could have done. Yeah, of course, you did. <laughs> that's what happens yeah. when the eight comes first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's another question. Do you tend to have conflict around your drive to help people or save them your way? And here's a quote that goes with that. So this type is characterized by issues they have with others. They tend to get easily frustrated. They want to help others, but they also want things to go their way. And they have a let me help you quality. Yeah, I definitely, I think I've struggled with that more when I was younger. Like I struggled with it more globally when I was younger. Now I struggle with that with my kids. That's a big place where I see it is just butting heads with my oldest, who I I think <laughs> between her being an eight or a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's got some of that like just intense energy coming from her. And we lock horns a lot on how to do something or not do something or whatever. I mean, we're just, oh, it's intense. How old is she? She's, she's four and a half. I'm sorry, <laughs> four and a half year old. Like, come on. <laughs> You've probably typed her apparently correctly then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I think you, I think personally eights, uh, you can probably type a seven, eight pretty, pretty early. After that, I'm not sure that it's so easy, but. <laughs> yes. There's definitely, you know, I want people to do things a certain way. Have but you also friendships over that or had tension in friendships because of it? Yeah, I guess so. Some of the examples I can think of are around um, dating people who I knew were just not good. Yeah. And being like, how can you possibly be dating this person? And just knowing that I couldn't say anything because then that would damage the relationship. But by not saying something that damages the relationship. And so kind of like faded out. That's happened a couple different times. Do you find yourself tamping it down now? Yeah. And then also with like my training and, and schooling and my job and everything, you know, just seeing that there are more ways to do things and like really trusting in that. So I think that's how it's happened much less as I've gotten older and more experienced in my field, but it's still showing up with my kids because you can learn all you want, but it's not going to necessarily impact how you parent. (laughs) Yeah. So true. (laughs) Yeah. They're in your face all the time. (laughs) Exactly. And they know your buttons and they love watching you squirm. 
Especially this past year. They've been with you like never before. Well, this next quote, it might not add anything new, but um, it talks about the blind spot of the tri-type. And it Mm -hmm. says that you can be so identified with a pride of knowing how to help others that you may give unsolicited advice (laughs) or meddle in the the affairs of others. And you can overgive, which can prevent a deeper connection to yourself. Do you identify with that blind spot? Oh, yeah. So much. Yeah. I just ran into this yesterday. I was texting with my best friend and realized I started giving too much advice and (laughs) like our text folly kind of fell off at that point. And I was like, hi, I haven't heard back from her. And I went back and looked and I was just like, oh, gross. I did that thing again. (laughs) Do you know, I had the same thing happen this week. Same thing. I texted with a friend and same thing. Seriously. That's so funny. And I went back and read it and was like, oh, yuck. Why did I do that? I'm glad it's not just me. It is not, I promise. (laughs) And you already mentioned that what has sort of been created is this inability to differentiate between their need and your need. And so would you agree that there is kind of a disconnect in yourself because you're so identified with helping other people? Yeah, definitely. It's almost like, um, it's like when they're like, what's the advice you would go back and give your past self about? you know, whatever. It's like, I'm doing that all the time with my friends. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. The last quote we have for you is the strongest theme associated with the 826 is the need to rescue and protect, but not necessarily put up with the problems on an extended basis. It's kind of an in the moment problem solving that expects the other person to deal with it and move on. Is your help more crisis oriented or more long-term mentoring? I would say it's both, but what I love more is the crisis. Mm, don't we all? Um, yeah, yeah, I I really love it. <laughs> do you find that with the long term, it's more if they're willing to do the work along the way, you'll you'll kind of stand in there. Yes, totally, and that's where I relate more to that. The use the word mentoring in that quote, and I relate to that. Like I could totally um, mentor. And that's the part of longer term therapy that I like is when it's more intertwined with, with coaching. And when they're not Um, doing the work, do you lose interest? Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't handle people who aren't doing the work. And I'll say that in session. I'll be like, you know, uh, this is for you, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Do the work. (laughs) Yeah. You've got to engage in this process. I'm not going to carry this session. We actually, that's not the last question. <laughs> oh, sorry. You left. It was the, it was the last question on the page. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> no, there's a few more words that they associate with this tri-type that is just like very different than mine. So my tri-type 847, there are words associated with it, like impulsive, optimistic, creative. Whereas your tri-type, the three words that they associate it with it are cynical, dutiful, and loyal and helpful. Do those words fit? Yeah, they do accept cynical. But as soon as I say accept, then I'm like, no, it, 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 it fits. <laughs> so that's the one you don't like. <laughs> it's the one I really don't like, but it's totally true. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit more how that shows up then? I just always assume not great intentions. I assume things aren't going to go well. My theory around it is I assume the worst because then, you know, very rarely does the absolute worst happen. And then you're pleasantly surprised that it went well. (laughs) But I don't like do a lot of planning around it. It's more of just like, well, this is going to suck. 
And then when it doesn't, you're an eight, you're not a six. (laughs) You know, sometimes with little kids, they'll do something and you're like, oh no, this is just going to be a terrible day. And that's been happening a lot, you know, because we're, I don't know. (laughs) And I'll just be like, man, this day is ruined. It's so awful. And my husband gets really impacted by that. Um, He doesn't like just throwing away the whole day. But for me, it's a release to just be like, the day is going to suck. Let's (laughs) get over it. It's almost like a way of protecting against the frustration that would surprise you otherwise. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If I can just resign to it now, then I can move on. Mm -hmm. How does duty, like being dutiful show up for you? It shows up a lot. Like I feel like I have to do things like for my family or for friends or in my job. Um, You know, I I just, I get really aligned with, with whatever's going on. Like uh, this is a silly story about it, but um, my parents have had the same insurance my whole childhood. And, and I changed it when I was like a real adult in my mid twenties. And I had this like reaction to that. I'm like, that is ridiculous. Why would you get <laughs> so attached? It's just a weird quirk. So there is like an inner sense of loyalty to things that seem so odd, but it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess loyalty fits better than, than duty. Um, duty feels like you're having to do something that you don't want to do just because, and I don't, I don't do that. The last part is just that we've been learning about Um, these different triads that we haven't really taught the wider community about. But if I read uh, what that means for your tri-type, you can let me know if any of it sounds like it is helpful at all. Okay, so there's a triad called the Harmony Triad, and it is all about how you relate to the world. And your tri-type has two numbers that fit into something called the relational triad. So your double relational is what they would say. So it means that you're more likely to move towards relationship. And it could mean that you're then doubly likely to make people uncomfortable (laughs) with your intense moving in on relationship. Does that sound at all familiar? I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that one. Another way of putting it is that you're double rejection, which means you're double likely to defend against rejection by offering a service or a way of helping rather than actually offering like a vulnerable chunk of your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that feels much more, much more like it. I feel like I try to find niches that I can play and that's how I get in with people like mine is humor <laughs> and and like kind of wackiness and so i i like use that i guess i don't really like the term using but like that's my in like if i want to get to know someone or join a new group or something i know i have to bring my like performer self into that well and that's instead of offering who you really are at the core right your heart right yeah like i don't even know what that whenever I hear that. Like, I'm like, what does that even mean? Offering my heart. I don't really <laughs> we, get it. We were just talking about this prior to getting on the <laughs> phone with you. And we were both saying, that's what we do. We all, I think we all sort of do that a little bit. Yeah. As eights, right? Because it's vulnerable for us. Yeah, totally. So there's this other triad. It's called the Harnavian triad. And it has to do with how you interact with people to get what you need. And you fit into something called like double compliance. It means that you're try to, you align with things in an extra committed way. Does that sound familiar? Like when you're in, you're in. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think that also shows up in that 
example I just used about the insurance. <laughs> like I'm in that and I'm in it. And it was really scary to leave it. Do you remember I, I put out a video where I was like, we are not black and white thinkers. <laughs> and some of you were like, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> so this tri-type would actually be more, you'd be like more black and white in your thinking and it would be harder for you to be moved off of your position. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty black and white. Or I get that feedback. I don't see it as that. (laughs) But that's what other people tell me. So I guess I'll say it. But I can see what they mean when they when they really get to it. I just feel like, well, I know it. And so it's right. It's not about (laughs) I'm being black and white. It is black and white. (laughs) Which I realize is is ridiculous now that I'm saying it. (laughs) (laughs) The final triad is called the harmonic triad. And it's how you react to to trouble, to conflict. Mm -hmm. And you have two of your types that are in the reactive. And trust me, I feel you because I've got two of those as well. (laughs) So it just means that you are extra likely to have a strong reaction. (laughs) And it might not be external, like you might not vocalize it. But as eights, we typically do. But there'd be this really strong visceral reaction inside when you butt up against conflict. Yes. Oh my gosh. It is so strong. It envelops my entire body. I feel like, you know, um, back in the day when you could go to like a play and like the curtain comes up or comes down, that's what it feels like in my body. It's like a wave of feeling that comes up or comes down or sometimes it radiates out. It's strong and immediate like before I've even like I don't know identified what's happening do you hate it as much as I do or do you like it no I hate it I hate it so much Mm oh just it feels out of control yes totally it feels out of control it feels like it's gonna take me over it feels like I'm gonna pass out and that would be I hate passing out that would be awful yeah because you've lost complete control (laughs) at that point yeah it's a gross feeling like people like going on roller coasters and i hate them i refuse to go because it'll just bring up those feelings i don't want that i rarely have it happen to me but when it does i hate it because i can't access my thinking yeah at all like it's not even possible. No, it's not possible. And I don't know how to move out of the moment. Like I, it's almost like being frozen stuck in this awful heat radiating yeah. and you can't access anything else. Yeah. Yep. Everything shuts off. It's, it's like in um, video games. I don't play video games, but my husband does. And um, when you get hit in the video game, it like plays this like a ringing sound. <laughs> And like it amplifies the sound of the heartbeat. And I think the controller like vibrates. And that's what it's like in my body. It's like, (laughs) bam, everything gets just turned off. And but my body gets turned on times a thousand. And and it's happened at work. Like if I've gotten constructive feedback about something from like someone really high up. Oh, it's so bad. And then later I'll think I'll, I'll be like, no, I, th- I should have said this and I should have said that. And like, I get mad and start like thinking how I could have engaged in the conversation. But in the moment, it's like total freeze response, not even a fight or flight. It's just freeze. And do you get the feedback from people that they can feel it coming off you? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where I have come to hate it with a passion because I can't hide it. If I had all of that happening inside me, yeah, that would be bad enough. But because we're eights, and I just think we're not super good at being hidden, it's something that radiates off of us. And people just know that we're having this reaction inside. And that feels super weak to me. I sure wish I could seem like I was cool and aloof and like it wasn't (laughs) affecting me. Yeah, it is so apparent that it's affecting me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And some well-placed, clear thinking words would solve it, but that all goes out the window. Yep. Totally. (laughs) Okay. Well, it sucks to be us. So there we (laughs) go. It does. (laughs) Okay. So in summary, if I add up the little bits from all those triads, I kind of came to think of this tri-type as like a more fierce and immovable team player and maybe a better defender than most eights. You're more relationally oriented and less of a lone wolf. And you're likely to have more friction in relationships, but more outwardly expressive in general, more Mm -hmm. expressive in both anger, opinion, but also the good stuff too. Yeah, I would definitely agree to all of that. So now that you have like been a part of this eight community for long enough, and you've gotten a sense of all the different types of eights out there, how would you put into words how you differ from a lot of the eights? It's like leading from behind is really what I feel like this tri-type does. Whereas eights kind of charge ahead and like leave everyone in the dust. <laughs> I feel like I kind of push the team forward. It's it's like um, from my big fat Greek wedding when she was like, you know, the man makes the decisions, but the woman turns the head. The woman's the neck. I feel like I'm the neck. <laughs> I kind of turn everybody's head, but I also am pushing them. Another thing that I think of with this tri-type is in the big hormone podcast that y'all got me onto. They talk about it being two super ego types, the two and the six. And so I can feel the double super ego controlling my eightness. And sometimes that's frustrating. I feel like I'm controlling myself and that feels oppressive sometimes. So it's a weird, it's a weird inner feeling that comes up. How would you put into words the super ego? How would you define it so people understand? Does that kind of mean that you're more at war inside with your own self or? Yeah, it feels like I need to cover up more of myself. Um, and that I actually do. Like, I think as eights, we all feel like we have to cover up parts of ourselves that are kind of like pushing and big. Um, but I feel like I have to do it even more. I have to like tamp it down almost. So there's definitely times where I'm like, I want to do this. And I have this like, oh, it feels like I'm on fire. All my neurons, I feel them all. And I feel like they're trying to explode and do something, but I can't let it happen because... I don't know what I would do if I did let whatever my neurons were wanting to do if I let them do it. Does it feel like the two is babysitting your eight and the six is babysitting your eight and they're all babysitting your eight? Yeah, very much so. Yes. Yeah, that's probably, that's really it. Yeah. I feel, I, but it's not even babysitting. It's like I'm held hostage sometimes, I feel like. <laughs> mean, mean babysitter. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. My two other numbers set me free. Mm. they're essentially four and seven tells you to be you yeah uh, which makes me much less sensitive to the group unfortunately that that's the downside (laughs) is i don't really care (laughs) yeah i am the one running way ahead super grateful that you're staying back with the crowd tugging along (laughs) right (laughs) 
Oh man, I can't even like, I'm like free. What would that even be like? I can't even think about it. <laughs> There's a cost to it. <laughs> yeah. But it is pretty great. Joe's way up there and not looking back. I'm at the front, but I constantly turn around to make sure everybody's staying with me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, no, we're so all so funny. different. And that's what's been just so fun about doing these interviews is just adding the the subtle differences. They're not even subtle sometimes, but yeah, it's amazing. Cause when I first you know, got into it, the eight just felt so flat and it, it felt so one dimensional into the negative. And it was, it was really hard to relate to it. And I've just gotten into the tri types from you all. I'm like, isn't it? It's so freeing. I'm on fire about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. All this focus on just your core type is, is it seems so boring to me now. I'm like, it leaves out <laughs> so much of the human experience. All the flavor is missing. Exactly. Yep. It adds to the power. It's like yeah. power on power. We are all powerful. I'm going to definitely say that that is true. Yes. Uh, that's yeah. part of the core type. But we all implement our power in different ways and it affects different parts of society in cool ways and so how cool would it be if we all use that power really well we'd have society covered man right totally <laughs> we don't need the other numbers we can just get them all on all the eight tri types well that's the lesson we're trying to convey <laughs> that's it for today we hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface and you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor